Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. spent so much of the so much of the earlier season the beginning of the season assuring me that the Red Sox were actually quite bad this year and they're not going to do they're not going to do anything then over the weekend first to well early weekend first to 20 wins and 22 and 13 commanding lead of the best stats in baseball best record in baseball I I don't think that it's um I don't think it's going to last I'll just, I guess I'll say that until, uh, it, I mean, they could be winning 100 games and be like, yeah, I just don't see it this year, guys. Exactly, exactly. I, so I agree that it's a surprise because I was, I was nowhere near as cold on the Red Sox as you were, but I was not confident in them. But this team is forcing a serious reevaluation of, you know, the individual parts of the team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, the hitting is good. I you the offense well, is okay, but great. but here's the lineup, right? Here's here's today's typical lineup. If I run our scraper, Enrique Hernandez, Alex Verdugo, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Christian Vasquez, Marvin Gonzalez, Hunter Renfro, Bobby Dalbeck. That okay? J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts are great, but tell me where the rest of this lineup is the best team in baseball. I know that <laughs> I I completely agree with you. That's that's what I'm talking about. It. That does not scream to you a great team. But to be fair, it is T to B, it is contributors and guys that have had like some sort of like, oh well this guy could be this guy could be decent. No, I'm I'm in complete agreement that this is this team is very much more than the sum of its parts, unlike my TGFPI team. Uh big news in the analytics community here. Darren Willman leaving MLB. What am I gonna do? I well, as long as baseball savant stays uh, stays active. Yeah, but but it's so clearly him, <laughs> like his brainchild. It's so clearly, like just him. I like I'm I'm worried about I'm worried about it. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out some other way to get Stackhouse data. But that's the best. That's the so the interface is horribly clunky, but because they've left it horribly clunky, it's so easy to scrape. Very easy to grab. Yeah. If the, the minute they start to change it, it's going to be, I need to like, I need to pull down the, I've been thinking about this for a while. Like I have to make a library of, I've, we need to make a database. We've been talking about how we need to have a database. I know. I need the clone of all of the StackS data for myself. And I, I'm getting closer and closer. And actually today's project, um, you know, introduced, showed me new ways to slice the StackS data, which I was quite happy about. But also the other thing about this is that this does give me just the weirdest little, uh, you know, heartening moment where I'm like, oh, he's leaving for the Rangers front office. Like, should we should we think about MLB jobs? We could if you wanted to. Yeah, not not like a smart team, but like I don't know, a dumb team like the Twins. You want a little fantasy news? 
we have to do a little fantasy news. Yeah. Fantasy news. First look. Little double dip here, right? Because we, we have a Game of Thrones update. First look at House of the Dragon. Wow. It's uh it's coming. It just winter is coming. It, House of the Dragon is coming. It just looks like Game of Thrones. <laughs> it it is. It's it is Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean I'm not it's they I don't know what it is. I mean there's only there's only like four or five pictures, but they are like it's just so clearly Game of Thrones. You're like, oh okay, Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's back. So I mean that that says something about how well they've put together this world. But they must still have whatever like design people must be involved in the same well yeah you, you just hire the exact same design team and it's going to look the same on some level i mean do you really think that benioff and weiss like that's it i don't think that they actually knew game of thrones that well <laughs> you know like they're oh. they're the guys that no they're the guys that when you get to the part where george r, r. martin spends four pages describing a feast or the robes they skip that part right they go blah 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 as long as you have the people that when they get the books, those are the pages that they're obsessed with, it's going to look the same. That is fair. I, I, yeah. So what you're saying that they're like one level down from our reading. I, but I think that, I think that they, well, okay. This is sort of my thought on, on Benioff and Weiss was that they were, they read Game of Thrones first book, cover to cover, read it well. And they mm. wanted every single subsequent book to be the size of Game of Thrones <laughs> and, and in the level of detail of Game of Thrones. And then they weren't. This is, let's not talk about any more Game of Thrones. It, I am excited that there will be a show. I am excited for nerd content. Yeah, we, I mean, we've had, to, we've had to be making our own nerd content lately, going back to a book from 2008. Do you want to just update people mm-hmm. on where we're at in the book? Sure. We've made it to... Um, uh into the seat of king thingle that's right yep just for for full clarity tolkien's children of huron and we are currently following turin yep after a chapter on huron after a chapter two chapters i liked the chapters on huron you know so many things that i had forgotten in this um morgoth seems so much more human in this than baron and baron and luthien so much more tangible, I should say. Yes. Yeah, he is. It's so different. The story is so different from um, the the Baron and Lothian. You know that you're in a tragedy. You know that everything bad is going to happen. Yes. Yep. No, no, no. It's, it's very apparent that this story is not going to end well. And we're only fifth of the way through it. Uh, yeah, Turin is not even 10 years old. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not going to be good. Well, I mean, it doesn't help when you name your daughter Sorrow, Sadness. What is her name? Morning. Morning, yeah. <laughs> like, oof, wow, we're not going to... We, we used to have laughter. Laughter died while you were asleep. <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs> laughter died while you were asleep, yeah. Now morning is here. Like, oof, okay. Turin's stuck on the seat, stuck on the uh, the stone throne. That is that piece is like sort of fantastic too, oh, right? I actually I love that part. Like you're gonna see everything I see. You're stuck here. You're gonna watch me do all this stuff. Yeah. Like oof. I power. You don't need move. food. You don't need water. Power move. Well, let's do the second half of uh, what we started last week, which was checking in on how the denominator of our projections is doing. Last week we talked PAs. This week got to talk IPs for pitchers. A little bit more complicated, I think, um, 
but, but let's just dive in. So I did the exact same thing as last week, essentially, which means that I have a bunch more caveats for you this week, which are, I just asked, you know, I just looked at every pitcher's PA, uh, every pitcher's IPs, looked at how many team, how many games the team that they're on has played, 162 divided by that times the number of PAs that they have, boom, projection. Okay. Caveats, obviously, uh, you know, if you're a starter and you go once every five days, you could be, I could have just happened yep. on one side or the other of how many starts you have. Uh, but, you know, how much of a variation is that? We should be at like, you know, roughly 10% variation, I would think, ideally, because of that. Um, I mean, uh, top line results, it's not that bad. Like I made you the projected versus on track IPs, and it's clearly clustered around the one-to-one line yeah you can see it yeah it's interesting how you have so you've got the relief pitchers have this big cluster the relief pitchers and the guys who are only going to get like 10 starts in the year and then you have all the real starters in this really amorphous cloud but they do cluster there is sort of this area on the one-to-one and then there is a little bit down a little bit fewer above it's different, it's different than the hitters because the hitters were sort of the opposite where there was a big cluster at the 600 plate appearances that was basically forecast correctly. And then, you know, the tail of like guys that are only going to get 200 plate appearances was, was a little bit more amorphous. This is yeah. the opposite. The relievers are being predicted fairly well. The starter is a little confusing. We, yeah. we also kicked around a top line result last night um, because I don't think you believed my... I don't think you believe my work, right? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you explain what we were, what were fighting about? Right, so there... <laughs> were we fighting? But, right. So what we, were, what we were at least talking about is that it appears that there's a, that there's a bias in the number of on-track IPs versus projected IPs in the sense that almost everybody is above the number... is on track to get more IPs than they were projected for, on average. So I went back and I looked at, well, how many IPs did we project at all across the board? So I took every player that we projected, uh, took the sum of the total number of IPs, and then tried to compare that to what I would call a full season, which is 18 innings per game, 162 games, 30 uh, teams. So then you get then 18. You get an yep. estimate for that. 18, right? Because nine outs, per, nine innings per side. And I found that we only projected 82% of all the innings that probably are in an MLB season, which was which right. was really interesting right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems like it seems lower than I would have expected. But as we were batting around some thoughts, one I said was like, okay, well, they're, they're going to have to bake in that there are going to be unexpected innings pitched from players that are in the minor leagues right now or like... What is it, uh, Drobnak? You know, who's bag, bagging groceries or whatever right now? You know, you yeah. don't know, you don't know where the unexpected IPs are coming from. Drobnak's a funny one because he's way under his projections right now. But sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, but then also we have this this rule change of seven inning double headers, which that gets rid of four innings pitched in a given day. No, gets rid of uh, gets rid of eight Would get, innings pitched. Yeah, eight across two games yeah. in a day. Yeah, and then also I think that 
everybody was a little bit conservative in in saying ah, pff, 162. <laughs> yeah. You know, you were you said you were unoptimistic about how many games are going to be played at the beginning of the season. And looking at what happened to the Cardinals last year, I, I think that it's it's clear that a lot of people are just thinking, hey, I, I think that they'll call it good if it's like 157 games and as long as the outcome is clear. Like Pittsburgh doesn't need to play 162 <laughs> games this year. No, I I agree with that. I think yeah, you know, the thing that I didn't do was look to see in like a previous years in like a 2019 how many innings were actually yeah. pitched which which would be interesting to do um so i i think that well, why don't we do that I, well I, I will but i i think that even if you account for all of those things that well even if you account for the the number of innings that you don't think are going to be played i think that you're still left with some gaps which means which is the most likely thing to fill that are the minor league players that we haven't projected at all yet but it seems like too much, though. Yeah, I would, I would guess that we're probably that projecting one sixty-two times regular nine innings probably shave off ten percent of that, and then, but then we're then we need to get another eight percent. Yeah, is a is all minor leaguers who assume to play anything, which is really interesting. I mean, so this is all this all of course needs to be connected back to the fact that we're currently seeing that players are on track for more than we projected. So. I'm wondering is the is the takeaway that everyone's pace is going to slow that we're seeing you know maybe maybe in a given year like you amass more of your innings at the beginning and then you start to fall off I think that is the case I mean like some of these players have not realized the injury or have not I mean some of the players that you've listed here have not realized their um, regression to the mean well I mean I gave you some very specific examples right so remember we sort of we wrung our hands a tiny bit at the beginning of the season no one was projected for more than 200 innings pitched true right we knew that and everyone was conservative we've got a bunch of guys that are going to be over that appear to be on track for over 200 innings pitched I mean, there's Max Scherzer just had a baby and he's projected for 250 innings. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I I mean that one that one I find to be absolutely amazing. There's but there's like Anthony Disclafani is at 201 on track for 201. Yeah, just not it's not gonna happen. I mean, a bunch of these a bunch of these are just really surprising. I mean, so this the one place that small number stats might hit you like John Means is on track for 223 innings, right? He pitched a no hitter. <laughs> that obviously, yeah. that obviously helps your your on track innings at the beginning of the season. Absolutely, yeah. No, that really changes things. So I I don't know. I mean, what? Who else is? Is it just? It might be a little bit early for this exercise. I think that's maybe. one of the things that we're seeing. This is sort of like how if you're if you're sorting, you know, players that are on the waiver wire. If you're sorting them. You look at pitchers, you have to go back three weeks. You have to look at the last 21 days, what are the stats for this player, and then you can kind of do your mental math to try to forecast them over the rest of the year. Hitters, it's two weeks. You can look at the last 14 days, and you can be like, is this guy injured? And, yeah, I think that the, you know over the next two weeks he can do what he did over the last two weeks. So here's the thing, though, is that I did the correlation coefficient, and this is more predictive <laughs> than, the P, than the PAs. This was 0.57. The relationship is tighter here. It's tighter than, than the PAs. Yeah. I'm not that surprised, though. I mean, aren't there fewer observations? A little bit. A little bit. I was actually surprised at how many pitchers there are. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I think that that tells you why we have so many problems in the, with the MLB taking games taking forever and pitching changes. Wow, that's that's absolutely true. Okay, well, things that we can learn from this are you more interested in starters or relievers in general? Uh, starters. I think that, I mean, well, if a relief pitcher goes 66 innings and he was projected for 60, that's 10% difference, right? Okay, so are you... You well, need the equivalent. If you're 100, if you're projected for 150 and you get, you know, that's the same as 165, that's over two games for a sure so maybe maybe you really want to look at the very top here where you're asking like guys that okay these guys were not even on our radar for starting and obviously one of these second most overproducing who oscar you right now i mean that's obviously a darling and the the number one is cole Irvin, who is also i, I don't know some interesting yeah i'd wanted to pick i had wanted to pick him up but could not get get that a bit of... i mean these are guys getting these are guys getting starter workloads that were projected to be relievers, right? Mm-hmm. Or projected to get one or two spot, spot, spot starts. I mean, Aaron Aaron Sanchez wasn't. They, they weren't expecting that he was going to have real games started, but now he's on the IL. So yeah, it's typical. I I mean the things that I like. I I actually I like seeing uh, Fulton Nevich on here. Yeah. It's positive. It's positive as well. Um, Aaron Civale. What do you, I mean, any of these guys that are currently on track for over 200, I think, bear a look. But I also made the point to you yesterday that these guys aren't going to be available <laughs> to you. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, even the Nick Pavettas of this world aren't going to be. So, okay, what is the most productive thing to produce from this? Is it to keep track of this? Is it to highlight guys that are massively overproducing i mean what what do we actually want to do with these numbers how do we make use of these i guess <clears throat> hmm. i think we do need to see just like we need to keep on keep a like the the list of starters who are on pace for har- far more innings than they're supposed to get i would love that i would love to have the top 10 every week of who's at every yeah every week on like this day like here are the guys who are projected to have far more than they were supposed to even though, I mean, we cut through some of the noise with the Max Scherzer. It's like, yeah, Max Scherzer, great. Yeah, right. I, I know. So I, well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Like maybe we just, if a guy was predicted for over 170, we just ignore it. <laughs> like if he was already, if he was projected to pitch more than 170 innings, like, well, he's not going to be available. Yeah. because Yeah, you know. agreed. So I think maybe, maybe just doing an early cut on like, well, this guy's not going to be available. So, you know, don't. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Oh. I can I can produce that. I mean, I, I've been hunting around for the thing that that accompanies the projected lineups, right? Because we I want the pitching side that accompanies the here's the most probable lineup for a team. You want the top five starters of every team? I think I think that's what I need to produce. Yeah. Top five starters with uh, actual innings pitched projections from here on out. All right. I'm gonna do that. I like that one. I think that about brings us to the review session. Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Okay. Hawaiian. I get it now. <laughs> there we go. That's why that's why we why we watch these things. That is why we watch these things. Uh younger I mean, I think he's younger than I thought. I hadn't thought about it for a little while. But four MLB seasons so far. Uh 
this year is 2021. He's played in 36 games so far, 157 plate appearances. He's got 24 runs, 5 home runs, 17 RBIs, 6 stolen bases, and a 290 average. That is some across-the-board production. Yeah. Yeah, he's been doing pretty well. I mean, if you can pick up, if you can pick him up as a, you know, a 2020 guy, which he is well on track for, <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, we're talking about the the 12th. Is he? Is he the no? Well, no, because he doesn't. He doesn't even fall. He doesn't even fall in the regular rankings. Where was he drafted? I. Oh, you, I'm I sorry. I have no idea. I'm sorry. I don't have that available to me right now. No idea. On the on the start on the short stops or overall. Um, I was thinking overall. I don't don't know. Do 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 do. He was drafted two ninety six. That is crazy value. <laughs> if you got him at two ninety six, I mean, his speed is obviously his number one asset, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, no, it's not his speed. It's it's the fact that he has speed, but also he, he's not a speed only guy. He's a, a pretty well rounded speed guy. He has. I mean, he's he's going to bat 280, 290, and he's going to be able to get you 100 runs. I mean, like, that's that's better. He's not a Billy Hamilton type. He's not even a Mondesi type. He's he's going to get you 30 stolen bases this year. I agree with that, but I want to I want to push back on the average thing, right? Because you have to you have to believe that he's actually turned a corner if you think that he's going to get 290 this year. Like, yeah, he was 280 last year. In the pandemic shortened season, he, Ooh, okay, I said two eighty, two ninety. But the last full, you know, the two full seasons that he played, well, played ish, two sixty, right in in the full season. Okay, but Ewell Simpson, he's <laughs> his uh, career is two sixty five, so he's a two six, he's career two sixty five hitter, and and is trending upwards. So okay, I'm so you so you are buying. This is what I was trying to get to. You are and even still, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that. I'm like I'm buying him as a 280 hitter. I'm buying him as an above 255 hitter. Is what oh. a lot of those speed only guys are at best. I, I really want to get to the get to the question of Are you buying him on the upswing? Is he still getting better? I think so. Okay. Yeah, he's 26 years old. He's who else are they going to play? Well. <laughs> I do I do passionately feel that. <laughs> he's leading off on that team. Yeah, he's leading off. Who else are they going to play on that team? Like, if he does struggle for two weeks, okay, they're going to play him. <laughs> You're right. You're right. There's basically nothing else. They're going to drop him down to third. Well, they, so they, you know? they've batted him second and seventh. They've only, they've only put him in three spots in the lineup so far. Um, the yeah. only other person, no, I mean, he's... the only other person who has hit any leadoff is Willie Calhoun, and they're not gonna they're not gonna start Willie Calhoun over Isaiah Kiner Falafa. I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that he's a good he's a great player to be picking up right now because there's a ton of upside. There's a ton of opportunity for him. I I think you missed the boat if you're trying to pick him up now. I think he's he's shown enough going on this season that that he's you know he's he's not going to be available yeah we needed to mention him last week we probably should have mentioned him before yeah <laughs> <laughs> like we should have talked about him in an earlier in an earlier setting what do you did you yeah last week was probably the time because he's now what 85 percent owned did you watch any of his uh home runs 
Um, I did not see a home run of his. No. I go and look for. I mostly go and look to see what's what's happening with home runs. He actually looks. He looks pretty. He looks pretty good in the batter's box. I think. He did. I was watching a bat, and I liked it. I like that. Also, I saw his, some historical the 28, 2018. Looked like that worked for a little while in twenty eighteen, but then did not work in twenty nineteen. So he switched to a more um, traditional stance. He's got a a good violent swing, you know that like, <laughs> yes. as opposed to Tim Anderson, who's just like he's just poking, he's just poking balls out of the strike zone. Absolutely, I'm I'm amazed. I was amazed to see on his on Isaiah's savant page that his he's really doing well on whiff percentage. Like he's not he's not a whiffer considering how aggressively he swings. <laughs> well, if you look at the random video, it's like. It's like foul off, foul off, foul off, foul off, line drive to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I saw him miss a ball. I don't think that I saw him get a hit in any of those 20 random videos that I watched. But he makes a lot of contact, which I like. I, I'm I'm enthused about him, for sure. Do we think, I mean, what do we think? He's not going to be someone who could be like a top 60 player, right? End of a season. Top 60. Um... No, top hundred probably. Oh yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think top hundred. That, that's that could happen. I think top hundred is legit. I I don't think much higher than that. Obviously, he took a value hit with the loss of catcher eligibility across some leagues. <laughs> but you know, stolen bases are hard to come by, so oh, people yeah. need to own him. If yeah. he's available in your league, you should have him right now. Yeah, I would say if he's available. Would you trade for him? Would you let him be like the piece in a two for two? Well, I have Tim Anderson as my lead shortstop, so yes, I would because <laughs> I would, I would love to, I would love to hold him. Um, at, I like that third base eligibility. Exactly, That's also helpful. exactly. On a team that has like, if you had Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson, you need Isaiah Kiner Falafa. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a not a bad observation. Um. All right, yeah, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm enthused. He's a fun, that's a fun little player to, to watch. It's too bad we weren't able to do him a week earlier. Yep, should have been just a little bit more on top of it. Agreed. I missed him by two bucks. Oh, that hurts. Uh, well, who are we gonna do this week, Michael? We're gonna watch a Yankee, Glaber Torres. Will hate watch this. Absolutely. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Worst of luck to you, too.